And welcome back to The Big Wake Up Call. I'm Ryan Gatenby, and I'm going to chat with my next guest, who is an internationally known storyteller, the best-selling author of 15 books for children. Her newest book is called Karina Felina, and we're going to visit with Carmen Agraditi. And good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Ryan. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here, and uh, let's talk about the new book. It's lots of fun, and uh, can you share with us briefly what it's about? Absolutely. All right. So um, this is the, the big wake-up show, right? So um, let's start with a bang, not a whimper. Okay. The, uh, how about if I read you the first page or two? Ooh, that'd be great. Okay, great. So this is Karina Felina. Carmen Agraditi, illustrated by the marvelous, magnificent Henry Cole, who brought out all his entire palette for the colors in his book. So, here we go. The trouble started when Pepe the parrot fell in love with una gata, a cat. Certain the way to her cattish heart was through her stomach, Pepe invited her to his house for dinner. He baked a hundred Cuban crackers. He brewed a pot of fragrant coffee. He dabbed cologne under his beak. <laughs> Heart a flutter. He waited for his beloved to arrive. Now, the children already know this is a bad idea, by the way. I'm just going to interject this here. <laughs> Any child you're reading this to is already saying, oh, no, don't do it. It happened so swiftly that a dumbfounded baby could only watch in horror. His guest catapulted herself to the window and onto the table. And so she eats all of the crackers. And little Pepe says, only one left for me? Pepe squawked. Who do you think you are, eh? Well, cat got your tongue. <laughs> and the cat shoves the last cracker in her mouth and says, <laughs> followed by, um, I'm Karina Felina. I do what I like and I eat what I wish. Step out of my way, you, or be my next dish. The indignant parrot refused to budge. I'm not afraid of you. Not yet, said the cat. <laughs> uh, are you still there? I I love that. I'm just I was I I think it's been about uh, ten years since I had someone read a couple pages from their book on the show, and that was uh, Sandra Boynton. Oh, wow. What a funny woman. What funny cartoons she would make. Oh, you lucky duck. You had her on there. Was she as funny in person as she was as, as her, uh, the characters that she drew? Yeah, she's just like the nicest person ever. And having like three kids grow up with those books, it was so much fun. So much fun to chat. But, you know, I, the, the, I have the, the book here. And if part of your target audience is eight-year-old girls, you have a winner because my daughter loved it. Oh, I'm so glad. What a lovely thing to hear. And you know, you always want the feedback from that target audience. Yeah. <laughs> did you have fun reading it? Did you read it aloud or did she read it to herself? She just kind of likes to go through. It's interesting. She'll go through and kind of absorb the illustrations and then she'll go back and read it together. Mm -hmm. Like she likes to kind of get lost in it. Oh, what a lovely child. <laughs> well, thank you. So now this is this is based on. I mean, I have grandchildren, so uh, that particular kind of child is a, is a child that processes things a lot. The ones that go through very thoughtfully through the illustrations. I, I wasn't just being cloyingly kind. That really, <laughs> she just sounds like a lovely child. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. 
No, that's all right. I'm I'm happy to see that, and and a lot of her friends are are very dedicated readers. So somehow these kids are emerging from you know a completely connected mm. generation where they will take the time. I just need some quiet time to read. Isn't that great? I know. I have a granddaughter. Well, I have several grandchildren, but um, my oldest is a big reader, and I have a couple of others coming up who are we're initiating. But you know, reading aloud to them is one way to help children become readers because they they get hooked on good stories sure. and they get hooked on language and on words. And when we read aloud to them, they hear the pronunciation so they know how words are meant to sound. Um, yeah, so it's sweet stuff. I, you know, I'm, big, I'm a big uh, read aloud if you can. And you know, here's something funny. Um, I don't think I've ever said this. Not, I mean, it's not a big deal, but um, when my girls were teens, and I had at one point, I had like 14, 16, and 18, um, it, was, it was younger than that, probably 12, 14, 16, it was closer to that. We decided that we would have read-aloud time at night. And um, at the time, because I wanted them just to get the sound of a different kind of language, we started reading um, Robert Louis Stevenson, and um, yeah. of all things. And they loved it. It was such a great pirate tale, you know. And what I found is I not to read, it became a time like they'd curl up with a blanket, They'd get hot cocoa. We'd sit, you know, if it was winter, we'd sit by the fire. It was winter when we read that particular book, but later we read others. And it was just this time when everything stopped. But I learned not to read more than a couple of pages and leave them wanting more. If I went two paragraphs too far, they started to fidget. And I knew they wouldn't look forward to the next night as much. Does that make sense? That's so great that you did it when when they were older at a certain point. Like I have 21, 24, and, and an 8-year-old and loved reading when they were little. And I think, you know, like you did there, I would do all of the voices and get into character. And I think that's fun, <laughs> making the books come alive. I've never been able to, you know, not read a book and try to come up with, you know, voices and personalities for the characters. Oh, bless you. Bless you, son. Ryan, that's what that's the best way to read to a child. And here you go. And now you're telling me about these children who love to read, your daughter who just loves to read. You know, I think parents feel inhibited. The best thing to do is leave the room and go with the child someplace where a whole bunch of other grown-ups aren't around being judgy. And then just go for broke. Do the voices like you said. Have fun. Stop and look at the illustrations and ask the child, what do you think is going on in here? What do you think is going to happen next? Um, and th- that enthusiasm makes a story come alive, I think. I mean, it just gives, it. it's like, you know, inspiration is breath of life. We can feel inspired when we read, and we should, because that's what's going to make a child want to go back to that book when you're not there. Weirdly enough, if you have enough fun with it, when they go back and they read it, they're still going to hear your voice. And that, by the way, that's neurologically true. I didn't consider that. And that that's really interesting that because my, my older sons... Uh, bought a copy of a book I used to read to them for my daughter and mentioned, like, I said, Dad, I can't read this without hearing you read it. And I thought, that what a wonderful thing to say. Isn't that wonderful? And it is literally it's the wiring in our brain. It's neurologically so. We imprint that voice from a story that's powerful or that meant something to us or that we heard frequently. And when we read it again, we hear that voice. And so what a great thing. So think about it this way. If you read the book like, the dog opened the door and locked inside. Okay, come on now. Right. Right? That's what your child is going to hear. But if you put a little suspense in it, 
You go, dog, open the door. And stepped inside. Yeah. All of a sudden. And so, yeah, and any of us can do that. And we can do all kinds of things. Well, I don't have to tell you because you obviously do them. But for the listeners, you know, how do you do voices? All right. Really easy. And if you want to throw in some stuff, by the way, I think that would be awesome. Some hints of your own. But I would say go high, go low, go go gruff, uh, go, go scratchy. So, you know, you could go very high. You could go very low. Like, I'm a bear, I'm a bear, I'm a big gold bear. You can go scratchy. <laughs> you can go squishy. <laughs> Come here, my dear. Those are all ways of changing your voice that require almost no knowledge of voiceover or anything like that and just make the stories fun. No, I don't know if, if that's out there. That's that's amazing that you said that, that I have heard that before. And I don't know if you know uh, Tara Strong, who does like every child cartoon voice, My Little Pony, and so on. And I mentioned her, how did oh. how did you get started? And like, well, it was reading books as a kid. And I, th- you know, you can go high, you go low, and then you do different modulations. And that just reminded me of that. I think you nailed it. High, low, how about rough, that? Well, it- oh, well, there you go. I, the only reason I know it is because I've been making every mistake in the book for 32 years. Yeah. You start to learn a few things after a while. <laughs> uh, but that's neat. That's neat. You just confirmed that. So do you do your own uh, yeah. audiobook versions of these? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> I do. And I love redoing the audios. And, of course, because you're intimately acquainted with the book and its characters, it's it's really an opportunity to just suddenly give them life off the page. Because if you tell stories, and I told this story before I wrote it, and then now it's written, and now I'm reading it, which is very strange. Because when you tell it, it's bigger. It's, it's more expansive. In other words, when I tell this story, it's 40 minutes long. And it's the parrot had fallen beak over claws in love with his neighbor, <laughs> a beautiful Russian blue gata cat. Oh, yes. I know, children. You know it's a bad idea. I know it's a bad idea. But no one was there to tell the parrot. And so that's how it begins. Now, that changed to the trouble started when Pippa the parrot fell in love with the cat. So all of that verbiage became that one sentence. Well, I said, I hope everyone listening now gets it. But you don't usually get this much of a treat from the author. So I hope parents are excited to pick this up for kids. If we actually have any eight-year-old kids in the audience, then you know this is what you want to pick up. Uh, the book is called Karina Felina. The author, my guest, uh, Carmen Agra Didi. This was so much fun. Thank you very much for joining me oh today. And uh, please come back for your next book. Thank you, Ryan. It was fun for me. Bless you.